Yup Beer, made with all natural ingredients and only $1.85 a can. Available in over 200 locations across Ontario. Visit yupbeer.com to find a store near you. Episode 23 of the Down by Two podcast. I'm your host, Josh Elijah. To my right, whoa, what's up? It's a bird. Hey, baby. How's it going? How's it going? Our first time here ever doing a live recording together for our show. We're all in the same room here at Four Rogers Studios here in London, Ontario. And to my right, as always, Mikey, how you doing, baby? What's up, boys? I'm all thrown off here with uh, Birdman here in the middle. A lot of synergy going on here, yo. This is nice. This is a treat. Cheers. Cheers for the first time. We were actually saying yesterday that it's, uh, it's crazy doing this show together because, like, there was a time where... You can never really record a show uh, without having everyone in the same room before. Like now, I guess kind of in this virtual day and age, everything's over Zoom. But it's, it's the opposite, yeah. It's just such a treat to be able to have everyone here in the room at the same time. Yeah, adds to the energy 100%. Yeah, and we were saying like, like, we likely wouldn't have gotten the guests that we have on the show if it weren't for this. Like Everything is just so much more attainable now that yeah. we're in this sort of virtual world. Uh, speaking of guests, though... Uh, very excited to bring you this episode. Uh, we actually had the chance to uh, collaborate with uh, none other but the Harlem Globetrotters uh, for episode 23, uh, featuring uh, one of their star players, uh, Darnell Speedy Artist, uh, which was... Uh, Speedy! Speedy, baby! Ladies! <laughs> Man, no, it was just such a such a pleasure to have him. A shout out to uh, uh, Frenzy Media as well and Carmen for for hooking that up. But really excited to work on this project with them. Yeah, it's a fantastic interview. Fantastic guy, yeah. super talented, and his uh, like his kind of come up story and everything he said about his family and his how his brothers are very driven as well. Exactly, it's just a really cool story. Yeah. I'm excited to actually chime in myself because I didn't get to uh, make it to that one. I don't want to. I don't want to give away the interview, but I'm no. curious to hear about uh, what it took to get to the level he's at. See what his story was like. See if he played some college ball, things like that. It just it just goes to show that you know the NBA isn't the only route you know in order to make it as a professional athlete as well. And he really kind of. Uh, pulled back the curtains on that and, and showed us like his entire like backstory as to, you know, what it's like, uh, you know, growing up in Philly as well, like a very competitive sports town. And uh, yeah, no, it was great to have him on. And uh, not only that, but we're uh, getting some special privileges as well to go down to Budweiser Gardens to do some coverage at the actual uh, game as the Harlem Globetrotters are doing their Canadian tour here. Uh, very pumped for that. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. Sitting courtside, I believe, you know, and getting some good footage, getting some, good, some footage. good interviews. Handing out some stickers, you know what I'm talking about there, DB2 stickers. Uh, Let's go. 
Uh, also, we had the chance to uh, to have our good pal Alan Shane Lewis step in on that interview as well from uh, NBA TV and CBC's uh, Great Canadian Baking Show. Uh, definitely a pleasure to always have him on as well. Such a such a great basketball mind uh, as well to be able to to jam out with us. Uh, but before we get into all that, we got to do a little bit of coverage here. Uh, as as when we're recording right now, this is uh, a lot is going down in the NFL. Just to kind of switch gears here, uh, Mikey. Break down what your takes are, uh, especially just with like the like the two blockbuster uh, headlines that are coming out right now with so, Aaron Rodgers and and I'll Russell start, Wilson. As yeah, well. I'll start with uh, with the Packers and Aaron. Yeah, that one's kind of anticlimactic because really, kind of. I I used you argued it, but I've been hearing about it all week on SiriusXM. Yeah, and I feel like. As the days have progressed, it's kind of been more and more likely, yeah, Packers are going to make him the richest quarterback. He's going to resign. You can't say I no re- to that. I, re- that is I couldn't insane. see him going to Denver knowing that they could franchise tag Devontae and bring him back regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't see him leaving. Uh, but he did sign four years, 200. Uh, not a bad Crazy. Huge, <laughs> yeah. huge ticket. Yeah, huge. huge ticket. I guess they're going to stretch it out somehow and manipulate the cap so that uh, they can still keep uh, – they can still roster a team other than him. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that, that's 50 a, mil a year. 50 mil. So How, what was Brady getting paid in his final I year? think like 25. Did oh. he sign like a two-year 50? And then I don't know if they He took a bit of a discount, it. I feel yeah. like, right? He's he been historically has yeah. taken haircuts. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's had a couple haircuts in his life. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he always takes a haircut for the team. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rodgers, though, I mean, he, what, he's like 37, 38. He's just went back-to-back MVPs, make him the highest-paid player. Yeah. Like, there's no argument. You can't even shame him for that. No, not Like, at he all. should be the most expensive player in the league. He's the best player in the league. The crazy thing, though, is that there there were the rumors of Rodgers going to Denver. There um, was. Yep. And then, you know, obviously, as soon as he uh, ends up signing that ticket with Green Bay, boom. Yeah. Russell Wilson to Denver. Wow. Wow. Honestly, that kind of got left in the back burner. No one really bothered speculating that because Rodgers has dominated the headlines for the last month and a half. Right. I mean, I think it's been tossed around there that maybe he's going somewhere. Then Carroll came out and said they don't, they don't want to trade him. So they kind of just kept it under wraps. Mm -hmm. There hasn't been a lot of talk about that. And of course we got that message earlier today. So yeah, he goes to Denver for two firsts, two seconds. I think they have to send back Drew Locke, who's still a question mark. And yeah. Noah Fant's a first-round tight end. So they got a big haul for him. I think they're in a rebuild in Seattle. So I think it's a fantastic that, trade. Makes sense both ways. That was going to be my next question is what does this mean for Seattle? Yeah, I think it means that it's the the reset button. You, you see what Locke has to offer this year. I think he's serviceable. Mm-hmm. Maybe he takes a step. I I think he is who he is, though. He's a mediocre quarterback at best, but we'll yeah. see. And uh, now they're locked and loaded for uh, for the future. Well, look, all that means for me, my Rams, is that just makes it a little bit easier in my division as well. So that's that's yeah. one of my big takeaways from it as well. Seen a lot of memes about that. That uh, West Division's breathing a little bit more because uh, Russ has been an absolute stud in the West. Studly. Oh, man. No, it's And been- now all of a sudden, the AFC West is... Juggernaut, you got Wilson, Mahomes, Herbert, and Carr, an underrated car. So, right, yeah. that is a loaded division. It's going to be very, very interesting. And then also, even you touched on the Chargers as well. Williams um, signing that ticket with them as well. Yeah, he resigned for sixty billion, three years. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Lots going on, and I'm sure there's going to be more to be able to talk about. But uh, boys, just want to say it is fantastic to have you all three, all three of us here in the room yeah. together, being able to be able to just hang out uh, here. 
in person for the first time ever on this show. Um, and not only that, but uh, just a special shout out to both of you as this is our one year anniversary no show. way yeah, yeah. no <laughs> surprise it's already been a year right? yeah yeah <laughs> right congrats one right month <laughs> <laughs> look at you now Coming 23 episodes deep and nice. you're you're a natural we we've all been working hard and uh you know just just the fact that we're able to work with the globetrotters on this on this project together and and be able to tie it all in and be able to uh, be in this room together and share this moment, share this time. I think it's fantastic. Yo, so uh, I'm gonna know. I'm gonna cut you off right there. So yeah. you just hit me with that surprise and just give <laughs> give both you guys your uh, your shout outs quick because you guys grind, Josh. Yo, recruiting recruiting all the people, all the front end stuff, and you in the back end with all the producing, Jesse. You guys you guys have done a fantastic job. Hey, but you're it's been fun coming along for the ride. Without playing tummy sticks, if you will. Oh, yeah. Like, you're the glue to this show, too, Yo, man. Like I it's... show up for the beers, but I enjoy it. And you guys, uh, you guys really... But here's I know. A couple, work... couple of yups. Yo, couple yups down. The Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. I really appreciate you guys. Um, again, just really stoked we we had the chance to to go to uh, the game. We're really pumped to be able to go talk to some fans and and get a real close-up look at uh, just the household name when it comes to the Harlem Globetrotters. And uh, uh, really, really excited uh, and, and appreciative of, of the chance to be able to work on them with this. Um, so check it out. This is episode 23 of the Down by Two podcast featuring the Harlem Globetrotters and Speedy. Cheers. We got another episode of the Down by Two podcast coming at you hot right now. Uh, very excited to be working uh, on this collaboration with the one and only Harlem Globetrotters. We actually have a current member of the Globetrotters here with us today, Darnell, aka Speedy Artist. Darnell, my man, how's it going? How you doing today? Hey, very good. Very good. Thanks for asking. Uh, we also have another very special guest on the show. Um, I guess you could say he's a down by two regular at this point. Um, but yeah, no, very excited to have him on board with us. Uh, you can catch him on CBC as the co-host of the Great Canadian Baking Show, co-host of the of the Below the Hardwood podcast, uh, and also from NBA TV. It's fellow stand-up comic Alan Shane Lewis here with us. Alan, brother, how you doing? ASL. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Speedy. Yeah. So happy to meet you. This is so yeah. cool. You're a stand-up comedian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> stand-up comics here. <laughs> we didn't even say anything funny yet, so there we go. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, well, yeah, again, Speedy, I think I speak on behalf of everyone here on the show. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us today, um, sure. You know, especially just as a basketball fan, like all of us here, uh, and watching you know basketball from the, from a very young age, and uh, and also the Harlem Globetrotters as well. We we have a ton of questions, but but first we we gotta we gotta know where it all started and uh, find a little bit more about your background and and how your journey basically started for you. Yeah, so I'm I mean I'm from Philly. I grew up yep. in Philly. Um, I grew up you know playing basketball at Lonnie Young Rec Center where I'm from mm. in my neighborhood. So uh, I played as a kid. Started playing when I was six. Uh, somewhere in my teenage years, I kind of was good enough, but not big enough or not tall enough, not strong enough, not fast enough. Cause I wasn't like a super fast kid either. It was mm -hmm. weird. Uh, and then in high school, 
played for a school, a prep school, a college prep school in, uh, right outside of Philly. And it's still the same thing, kind of just smaller than everybody. Uh, feel like I'm better than, you know, I'm being treated. But, you know, just yeah. working through those days and, you know, having days of doubt of, you know, not knowing really do I want to take basketball serious anymore. I mean, I always loved basketball, so just always working, never really over complaining about it. Uh, played JV as a sophomore and as a junior. Didn't play any varsity at all until I was a senior. And even as a senior, I was just kind of like a plug guy. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just thought I could do more than that. Um, so I ended up playing basketball Division three right outside of Philly. I went to Gordon Mercy University. Oh, right on. That's awesome. So I actually played Division three basketball before, you know, anybody thought that I was good enough or whatever. And then at Gordon Mercy, I kind of was where I started to really make a name for myself uh, on Rookie of the Year. And then after winning Rookie of the Year, um, my name kind of started to buzz a little bit more. My sophomore year, I was first team all league. And then opportunities started to open up and I started to open up. And then my last two years, you know, I was all region and, um, you know, won a championship with championship game MVP. Uh, graduated from Gwinnett Mercy with a bachelor's degree in communications. Uh, yeah, wow. I was, I'm the all-time assist leader at my school at hey. Gwinnett Mercy now. Uh, I was the only player ever to score over a thousand points, have over 400 assists. Number, well, obviously, I was number one in assists and top five in scoring when I graduated. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm still, I'm, I'm number, I dropped out of the top five in scoring. Kid named Rich Denham uh, bumped me out, but I'm still the all-time assist leader and still the only player to ever have a thousand points, 400 assists. Have they retired your number? Uh, I'm going to go into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, next year, two years that's from now. Awesome, bro. Two years from now, I'm going to go into the Hall of Fame. So. You know, to go from a kid that's a junior, you know, a lot of kids when they're juniors, now they're transferring, they're trying to figure out all types yeah. of stuff to do. And to go from, in five years, literally, I went from being a junior that was only playing JV to um, a, hall of, a Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer at a university and a pro. So, you know, I played overseas in Brazil. While I was in Brazil, I led the entire country in scoring out there. Damn. And, you know, I had opportunity to stay out there. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of teams called me. A lot of teams, a lot of those teams still called me. That's how well I played out there. <laughs> that was five years ago. So if you know anything about overseas basketball, it's like once you leave somewhere or once you're not overseas for like a year or something, it's like, it's hard to get your foot back in. Yeah. And those Brazilian, a couple of them Brazil teams and coaches still will hit me up and just start dialogue with me out of nowhere, like every now and then coming into the, to the new seasons. And I just be like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, when I was there, I was there. It was what it was. I loved it. Uh, can't can't act like I didn't. I definitely loved it. The mm -hmm. um, you know, waking up and just being able to go, just play basketball every day. But you know, when I had the decision to come, cause I, I was actually already a globe trotter when I did that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it was a little. I went. I signed my globe trotter contract right out of college, and then I got offered from Brazil, and I turned it down because I was already a globe trotter. Gotcha. Went through the entire season as a globe trotter. After my first season as a globe trotter was over, you know, when you're younger, so like our 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 team, our company in general, we have a lot of opportunities to work like over the summer and during the fall. Mm -hmm. But like nice. usually the older players get those opportunities first. So like I was a rookie, so like I knew they wouldn't use me during the summer. Mm -hmm. So I went overseas to to Brazil. Gotcha. I played over there, and then I had my contract meeting with the globe trotters while I was in Brazil. <laughs> So I had to get a release to that, be able to talk to the Globetrotters if, if I wanted to come back. 
Is that good and, um, leverage though? To be like, be like, I'm out here playing already. I'm like, so uh, yeah. if any of the uh, day, you gotta pay me a little bit more. You know, the price of brick went I mean, up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really, can't really talk about the contract meeting this yeah, on the yeah. podcast, but you know, I mean, at the end of the day, the decision really just came down to this for me. It was, it wasn't about money. It wasn't about you know anything like that. It was about, um, you know, just my purpose of what you know what I stand for. Like I care. I care about my family being able to come watch me play or stuff like that. Like it's hard mm-hmm. for my family to come overseas. And, you know, at that time, me and my girlfriend were like just starting. So like we were just getting like started. So we, we had, yeah. we were so far apart. So in my mind, that played a factor in it because I was trying to build something with somebody from so far away. Yeah. And I knew yeah. that even though I'm here still traveling, still closer, I can fly her out to this place and that place and, you know, stuff like that. So that played a part in it. And just the globe trying to brand in general, you know, yeah. it gives me a bigger platform, in my opinion. I mean, a lot of people are overseas players and stuff like that, but you know, being a Harlem Globe Trot, I go all over the world. Like when I'm, I'm in Brazil, I'm in one place. So like, chances are that if I stayed in Brazil when I did five years ago, whenever I signed my second contract five years ago, if I stay in Brazil five years to now, I'm probably still in Brazil. Hmm. Like I'll probably yeah. still be there for sure because they're loyal. They bring the same players back. Like I'll still be there for sure. And I had only been to that one country, though. Like, mm-hmm. aside from the countries I've been to on my own leisure, most of the countries I've been to have been because I'm a Globetrotter. I've been to 20 countries. You know, at least 14 of them are because I'm a Globetrotter. That's the name Globetrotter, yeah, right? So, <laughs> you're literally, you're literally everywhere. Me, right. It just gives me a wider reach. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I do a lot of stuff in my community and in my city, and it gives me a bigger stamp on my name Gotcha. than just a professional basketball player. Like, if you're a professional basketball player in Philly, uh, that can mean anything. Like you can be playing anywhere. Like, like it don't really hold. It hold weight. I want to act like it don't hold no weight. Of but it's like I don't play for the Sixers. But like I play for the Harlem Globetrotters. That's like almost like a Sixers stamp yeah. in Philly or in any other city in the, right. in, the in the country that really know what Harlem Globetrotter basketball is. You feel me? Like yeah. yeah. So, so so have you ever played for the Washington Generals? I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. But some players in our some Globetrotters do. You know, it happens gotcha. uh, where, you know, a guy could come out and be a general and he can be lighting it up every night and he going to get that bump over. You know, it happened with, you know, one of my one of my best friends on the team. His name is uh, Latif Jet Rivers. Now, y'all going to see him in London in okay. a few weeks. Number, number 32, he'll be there. And you you actually, you actually, if, like, y'all got, like, posters and stuff, you'll see him on those posters and stuff. Like, he's on everything. Oh, yeah. He was a general, though, first. You know, he was a general and he came over. So same thing with Cheese. Cheese is one of our most popular globe charters too. He was a general first. So like we got Cheese and Jet, they were generals first. Zeus was a general. You know, some of our most popular guys right now were generals first. So uh, those guys can really play. You know, those guys can really play. It just, you know, a lot of things be circumstance, how your connection was made to the organization, what it was introduced to you as, like some people it gets introduced to them from somebody as an opportunity yeah. to just go play some basketball. So, you know, they're going to go be a general. You know, they're coming to just play some basketball. And then some people, it gets introduced as the opportunity to be a globe charter, opportunity to entertain and play basketball and, you know, stretch your brand if you got brands. Some people come into it with that already. So it's already a place for you, you know, set. If you make the team, you still got to make the team when you go. Absolutely. So, you know. Well, let's just talk about, I mean, even your brand for a bit. And I want to be able to dial it back um, even, you know, say growing up in Philly and, you know, potentially being like overlooked because of maybe your height. How, how tall are you, by the way? I'm 5'7". Five 5'7". Seven. 
Five seven, right? So five seven, and then you're saying that you're not even sometimes not even the fastest player, or the fastest uh, person on the court. Uh, how did you end up becoming speedy and end up making a name for yourself? And not only how did that end up parlaying into your career with the Globetrotters? How did you get your start? So uh, it got like, like I said, when I was a kid, I wasn't one of the fastest players all the time. I, th- I think now, obviously, that's changed. Uh, you know, I got I mean, your stronger. Name's speedy. Yeah, I got bigger. <laughs> I, got, I got bigger, stronger, faster, smarter. Uh, I always tell people that you know I, I manipulate angles like nobody else. You know, like I know how to make myself appear to be as fast as like lightning. But in my mind, like if I'm on like an 800 meter or 400 meter <laughs> around the track, I don't know. I don't know what place I'm gonna finish at. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, matter, yeah. no matter who I'm running against. But if we get on that court and you. Like, it's just, I just know when to turn it on, when to turn it off. Uh, obviously, That's I dribble amazing. the ball really fast. Or, you know, I'm one of the fastest players on our team. Like, <laughs> being fast is a, a, a multifaceted thing. So, like, oh, yeah. I was going to ask you. So, you're dribbling, though. Like, who is one of your inspirations for dribbling? Like, as uh, well, a Philly I grew up dude. in Philly. So, you know, I wear number three, uh, Allen Iverson. You got to go away. So, yeah, I grew up in yeah, Philly. I was waiting so for that. <laughs> I, I, I was growing up during the glory days. You feel me? Like, that's when yeah. I started playing basketball. We was in the finals and all of that stuff. So, oh yeah, that's that's yeah. the year that uh, that Allen Iverson knocked off to Vince Carter and the Raptors. Absolutely, I remember yeah, exactly I where remember. I was at watching that game. Oh uh, yeah, I was eight years old. I know exactly where where I was. I know exactly like what happened and how I ended up in front of the TV because we weren't watching the whole game at first. And I remember crying after Vince Carter missed that shot. So <laughs> I was I was like split because like I was a huge Allen Iverson fan and like, a Raptors fan. So I was like. Somebody I like one. Somebody I like one. So I was okay with that. I was torn because I was wearing my AIs, but the uh, the Vince Carter jersey as well. So like <laughs> I just didn't know how to feel. It was a lot of emotions. Um, but yeah. So how did uh, how did that all kind of start uh, for you then to, with the Globetrotters? Where did you get that break? Uh, I mean, uh, well, my the point guard that preceded me at Gordon Mercy, he was really really good. His name was Dan Del Conte, and he was a general. So it kind of created a bridge with my university in the organization uh to where you know they had a general and they had a guy that his name was eric namath he was one of our pr head of head of our pr department and um he was talking to my head coach like we love dan he's been great for us like if you have any other guys like send them to the tryout let's try to get them in man my college coach basically told him like i got a guy that's gonna the globe trotters if he comes up if he doesn't go overseas or whatever and, uh, you know, I went up to the tryout and I just had a great day. A lot of really great players within the gym. And I just had a really, really, really good day. I had one of my best days, you know. I just had been working, you know, locked in. So it was nothing. When I went up there, I just played great. Had a really good interview afterwards because that was really important part. And um, all of that stuff combined just, you know. I guess they liked what they saw, I and mean. that was it. And then now you're doing now you're doing uh, doing it full time with them. Uh, I know I know me and uh, my producer Bird here. Uh, we we we've been chatting about this as well, but we just really want some insights into what your day to day kind of looks like. Yeah, um, was it well to start? Actually, I was I was curious. Like, was there a really definitive moment for you where you know you kind of had to make a choice between say another league or trying out for the Globe Trotters or something like that? Uh, I guess the most definitive moment to make the choice was when I was in Brazil um, playing and I got the call or the email that it was time for contract meetings. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at that moment, I had to make a decision. Do I want to keep playing here in Brazil or do I want to come home and be a globe charter again? And uh, I just, it just was a tough decision. There's so many unknown factors uh, that goes into it. 
but I guess, you know, I just trusted God and, you know, prayed on it, talked to talked it over with my family uh, a lot, Absolutely. talked it over with my roommate that was there with me in Brazil, because uh, my roommate that was with me in Brazil was my college roommate. So, you know, we went together. Yeah. So just talked it over with him for a lot of days. I think I think I had like three or four days to think about it before I had to tell them what I wanted to do. And, you know, I had an agent out there and, you know, he was a good guy. Uh, I didn't know him before I got out there. Kind of, kind of the way it works. Uh, like w once you get there, uh, people pick up on you and they, you know, start to try to work for you. And he was a good guy. We talked it out. He had set a lot of stuff up up for me, so it was tough to tell him that I was going to come home. Absolutely. And then, so now, how long have you been with the team? This is my sixth year. That's fantastic. So, what's your what's your like daily regimen look like when you're when you're traveling with the team? I mean, it's pretty. It's probably. I wouldn't be able to compare it to like the NBA or anything like that because I never played in the NBA. You feel me? But like when I played overseas, like we had long bus rides to hotels and we we're playing in the city and you know probably have to ride to another place. And my day to day now is you know I have two different day to days actually. Because Walk us through them. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a player, I'm a player, and I'm a, a PR AA ambassador. You know, event advanced you know PR stuff. I come before the team and you know, do interviews and stuff. So it's two different day to days. And they're totally different a little bit. Uh, cause PR days are way earlier starts and sometimes way earlier finishes. Whereas game days are like usually later starts and later finishes. So like if it's a Monday through Friday, you know, most of our Monday through Friday games are at 7 PM. So let's say we got to a city that night before, uh, we probably won't have to leave the gym until leave for the gym until like two or 3 PM. Um, Gotcha. But, you know, I eat breakfast every day. So I'll wake up, have breakfast, you know, just relax, you know, get some work done for my community day stuff or my summer league stuff. And um, on my training business, just try to knock some stuff out in that free time I got. Then I'll I'll head to the gym early. So usually a bus will leave at two o'clock with like the staff that sets up and stuff. And then the players will leave at three. I usually go over with the staff so I can shoot early, get a really good sweat going, play early. And then yeah. we'll have practice at the gym from like three thirty or four to five, and then you know it starts. That starts the night. You know, magic passes at five thirty. So magic passes where you know people come. They they pay they pay to come in thirty minutes before general doors, and they'll get a chance to meet some of the players, spin the ball on their fingers, get autographs. Ah. So that's magic pass, and that's like twenty dollars, like or twenty five dollars or something. It's like a, a separate ticket that you have to buy. Yeah, and then um. You know, Damn, I up. hope I hope that's one of the passes that we got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's awesome. And, and then yeah. six o'clock opens general doors and you know, it's just everybody's filling in and then we come out onto the court around like six thirty and we just warming up, shooting around, mm -hmm. and then the game will start at seven. Game will go for about an hour and a half, usually end around like eight thirty, eight forty ish. Uh, yeah. sign autographs for everybody after the game. Everybody comes down to the court. We sign autographs for literally every single person in the gym. Whoever can get to the court, get to whoever you want to get to. Go around. Awesome. For, you get you get about 30 minutes. You get 30 minutes on the clock. Once the 30 minutes over, we go back to the back, shower up, and we head to our hotel. Some days the hotel Man. will be the some days the hotel will be in the same city. Mm -hmm. Some days we'll have a an, another ride after the game so we'll ride an hour and a half or two hours to the next city stay in that city then play then play then, the then, then repeat that's a long day for you man yeah. from yeah, uh, the so moment that, you wake but, up till the end of the day that's the game day so then our pr day is like 
<laughs> oh, damn. That's oh, the game man. day. If he, remember I told you the PR days is earlier, so PR days, I usually don't get a chance to just wake up and go eat breakfast. <laughs> breakfast ain't even started at the hotel yet because it's 5 o'clock or 5.30 and I got to go do some morning TV. So yeah. I got morning, usually have morning TV really early, like some of the first early hits. So 6.30, 6 o'clock, all of those hits, mm-hmm. 8 o'clock. Then I'll do some radio stations, uh, get into some radio stations. Some places I have like multiple radio stations on one building. So try to knock out a few of those. Then I'll have a break, like a little a little breakfast break where I can go finally get breakfast. Mm-hmm. Then I'll go to a school. So I'll go do this anti-bullying program, like in a school or something around like 10, 11. Maybe I'll have one, maybe I'll have two. So let's just say I got two. So usually if I have two, I'll have one at 11. And then I have one at like one. So I'll do one at 11, then do one at one. So from 11 to 12, get a little break and do from one to two. And then from there, I'll go to maybe a boys and girls club around like 3.30, like after school, right? After school, go to boys and girls club. So I'll go mm-hmm. like three or four, four to five. And then usually most places, most days, that's it. Mm-hmm. In a big market, I'll have that same day, like in a bigger market, like let's say that has an NBA team or a big hockey team. I'll have that same day, but add on an appearance at, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs game. Mm. So I'm at the Order Raptors game. One one of my first PR runs, like by myself a few years ago, was up here in Toronto. And, uh, you know, I had a long day, like I just said. And then that night I had to go to the Raptors game. Had to be there at 6.30 and I didn't leave there until, you know, 9, 9.30. Cause I had something after the first quarter, something at halftime, mm. and a t-shirt toss in the third quarter. Then I'm done, so I can leave if I want. But if it's a good game, I'm probably gonna stay. <laughs> you gotta stick around. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's the PR. Six day. Years, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say six years ago, we were probably good that time, so maybe you stayed. I feel like yeah, you I definitely stayed. stayed. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, y'all lost the game I was at. Uh, Jeremy, Lamb, <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy Lamb made a backboard game. Oh, oh no, I remember that. I remember that game. That. I hated that game. That was oh. what a shot by Jeremy Lamb, but I was man, that crushed me. That Crazy. crushed me. You know, Harlem Globetrotter shot. Like, that was it was insane. so hurt. It was so hurt. Man, I said, wow. <laughs> can't believe me. That. Uh, that was insane. Uh, so you yeah, inspired man. him to make that shot this whole time. No, I know I where had... it came from, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's That's like, amazing. I got a one-up speedy. <laughs> and then somewhere within all that day, you have to make t- time to jump on our podcast. So, I mean, like, this sounds like a like yeah, a yeah. Today, today was a pretty, pretty uh, chill day. Today was pretty, like, yeah. you know, not I didn't have a lot to do today. So it's cool to get, keep me uh, energized. Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a question. Like, what, um, what's, like, the one thing, like, when you first started becoming, like, a Harlem Globetrotter that was, like, so shocking that regular people, like, have no idea about? Uh, like, a shocking fact about or a surprising fact? I guess, like... I'm trying to think, like, I guess just what really goes into it. Like, I, I can't, I just said this on the news this morning. I can't really like put into words, like something that's like, wow, that's so shocking because it's like when, when you become a Globetrotter, like I used to go to the Globetrotters game every year when I was a kid, you feel me? Like every year and me and my dad, we'd be like, oh, they picked the kid from there on that, this end last year. So we, we need to sit over there because that's where they pick them from. And then they don't pick them from there that we keep doing that. And now I'm a Globetrotter and I'm like, it's so random. It makes no sense. Like, mm. it's not even like, are we going to do it from this area or that? It's just super random. And I might pick the kid or one night Bulldog might pick the kid. So you never know who's going to pick the kid. So we never know where it's coming from. And then you might be thinking like, well, maybe they pick them before the game. That's what we used to think. Well, maybe maybe we got to get there earlier so you can pick before the game. It's like, it's so much in the heat of the moment. Mm. Like, you would never know. And then just like, I don't know, I guess like people be like, how'd you make that shot? 
or do y'all practice them shots? I mean, we shoot them. Like, we don't like sit around and like just and we got to practice this. Like people definitely practice the shots that they shoot, yeah. just like any other shot. But you know, there's no like secret formula. Like you just after a while, you just get a feel for it. Like I'm I'm really good at the granny because I mean I shoot the granny. Like I shoot it every yeah. night or i shoot it a lot so it's like mm. at this point the angle is the angle like i just know what angles i need to be on to make the shot you're all about the angles so it's nothing like you know too too crazy so like i guess i yeah i really wouldn't know it's just like it, a lot goes into this like you have to mm -hmm. learn how to entertain like you really got to learn how to do the tricks like i i didn't know how to do not one trick not mm. one i couldn't do any tricks at yeah. all i couldn't even spin the ball on my finger oh wow so I had to learn how to do all of that stuff. And, you know, I just had a ball in my room, had to take a ball in my room every day to learn how to spin the ball on my finger and to learn how to do the tricks. And I, I mean, I have a ball in here right now yeah. because I, I actually was working on some stuff earlier because I mean, I'm in my sixth year. I'm still getting better at it. Still getting good. You know, it's people that are like amazing with that basketball. So it's like, you want to try to make sure that when you, when it's your time to go in the magic circle that you yeah. really putting on a show for the people. So, you know, everybody put in the work to get into that magic circle. You know, I didn't get into the magic circle until I was in like year four, I think three or four. That's still kind of early. You know, some people don't get into it till like year six. So like, <laughs> yeah. but I was fortunate enough to be on like a, a side with a lot of younger guys. And I was, you know, just happened to be like one of the older younger guys. So I got my shot. And, you know, once I got that shot, I've just been getting better. And I've always got, stayed in the magic circle at, at that point. I find that so crazy that, you know, even for the, like the audition, quote unquote audition uh, part of it, that, you know, you don't necessarily need to know any of these special tricks or anything like that. And that's something that you actually have to work on and, and try and build. It's I mean, crazy. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. crazy. I, I literally couldn't spin the ball on my finger. <laughs> like not even a little bit. But you I can went, do it. You can do it now, obviously. Yeah. You, you want to know what's crazy? You want to know who taught me? So is it crazy? Crazy. My, my whole life is always like a big circle. Like everything always yeah. runs back into everything else. So um, when I went to, when I first got the call, I was, in, I was, when I first got the call, I was still a senior in college and I was still on campus and we still was having like open gyms and stuff. And I told the kid, he was a freshman on, on my team. His name was Matt Summers. So mm -hmm. he was like my freshman too. Like, you know, seniors have their one, like he was like my freshman, like that was my youngin. So I told him like, he really was really good at spinning the ball on his finger though. I'm like, yo, I need you to teach me how to spin the ball on my finger. Like, I don't, I can't do it at all. So, like, he started to teach me how to do it. So, by the time I went to a uh, training camp, like, I wasn't horrible at it. Like, when they taught me the, when I got to training camp, the, the, the older players really taught me the real basics of it. Like, really what to try to do and how to do it. So, it was, so, when I started to really practice it, I was able to really, really, really pick it up. It took me, like, six months to really get good at it. But Matt Summers really taught me how to start spinning it. And he was on our team. He was a freshman, and now he plays for the Generals. Gotcha. <laughs> you know what my next? You know what my next question is going to be. But are you going to be able to show us how to spin the ball on your finger? Oh uh, yeah, I mean I got my <laughs> grab the ball. <laughs> oh man, because that's something that I could like. I don't know about you, Alan. I don't know about you, Jesse. But I could never actually spin the ball on my finger uh, or, uh, or get like a good rhythm going with it. Probably. Oh, I, absolutely not. Yeah, I could only do it on the. On the middle finger, and I can get a good spin. Yeah, I can do you the can't little, do that. Can't do middle finger. <laughs> can't do that. It's actually, <laughs> we're we're, we're gonna learn from a pro here. That's you this can is amazing. Literally do every finger except for that one. 
Oh, wow. That's the only one I can get stabilized. Yeah, going. that's the one, too. And I don't even hold it up high. Like, I'll just I can hold it kind of in my... around the chest. I can do it off the leg. I can do it back. I used to be Sorry, able to guys. go from arm to arm. But, uh, you know, I'm not as limber as I am in my old age. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically... Um, so, Scooter taught me how to spin it. He basically told me to spin it on the ground like this. Like, on the ground, I spin it like this. And when you spin it on the ground, you can see, like, a... A little swirl at the top uh-huh so you just get a good good spin on the ground till you learn how to see the swirl then that same swirl that's on the top is on the bottom so the same way you spin it on the ground you need to be able to spin it upwards uh-huh. into your hand so same way time and time again obviously it looks more simple now because i know how to do it of course but finding the swirl and then that's when i add my finger so most people, when they throw that ball up to spin it, they like go chase it, right? Mm-hmm. They like go chase the ball and it like bounces up and around and really you have to let the ball come down to you. So like, let the game come to you. Like in basketball, they say, let the game come to you. I got to let the ball come to you. So it's like, when it goes up, I come down and I embrace the spin, right? And I try to find that little circle where I put my finger. There it, it is. Up, find it, embrace it. And now I can do some cool stuff with hey. it. Hey! <laughs> Look at that. Up, but <laughs> I can do a lot of cool so stuff sick. with it. Now. I can really get, Yo, that's really awesome. Get crazy with it now. Absolutely. Yo, that's amazing, man. So, I mean, like that that obviously just speaks volumes as to some of the experiences that you've had, you know, just being able to learn even from the basics of spinning the ball on your finger. But what are some of those standout moments that you've experienced in your career with the Globetrotters? Because obviously you've traveled everywhere and you've you've seen parts of the world that a lot of people haven't been able to see. This is a good question. Like, this is an easy one. Like, usually Uh I don't get like the easy ones. Like, I'm going to just hit that because the Globetrotters, obviously, we go so many places, do so much broad so many broad things, but a standout moment easily for me is uh, playing at home. I got to play at home uh, uh, yeah. in 2019. Um, you know, amazing, amazing experience. Uh, at played at the Wells Fargo Center. My whole family came, my friends, people that watched me play in college, people that I didn't even know was coming, people that watched me in college that I didn't even know was watching me in college, people that just saw me on TV that remember they saw me in college and just all types of stuff like that just – Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the biggest autograph line I ever had. Like the oh, autograph so cool. line was like for me at, at the Wells Fargo was like unreal. It was like so many people and like everybody wanted a picture and everybody wanted a moment. And it was like I couldn't say no to any moment. You know, after the horn went off, I stayed for extra time and got almost everybody I could. Then, you know, my family was in the tunnel in the back waiting and, you know, got a gazillion pictures with them. Absolutely. You know, that was a standout moment for me for sure as a Globetrotter, easily in down. Absolutely. Man, that's crazy. How about uh, um, just being being able to travel the road? I mean, like you've got to have seen some really cool places. I mean, obviously, London, Ontario is kind of somewhere in the middle there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, just across the world, like what are some of the crazier experiences that you've had, you know, just being on the road with these guys? I guess across the world, some of the crazier experiences I've had, I guess um, I played at the Wembley, Wembley Stadium. In London, oh, so no way. Um, never the cooler uh, London, yeah, yeah. So I did the Magic Circle <laughs> there. I have that video somewhere on my Insta- on my old Instagram. Uh, uh-huh. The Magic Circle there was like amazing. They were all clapping. It was so live. And um, oh, wow. O2 Arena played there, and then Magic Circle there. And I also and, and um in the foreign countries we do this um do this special reading to try to end world hunger. And I I was the one that was doing the reading, you know, during our Europe tour. So you know that was like. At that moment, it's like nobody talking. 
it's nothing's happening there's no music playing literally everybody just sits there and listens to my story a little bit a little small part of my story and me try to advocate to help people you know want to you know sponsor a child to try to you know end world hunger and it's crazy because you know that's super important to me because when I was eight years old, I told my mom I was going to change the world. Literally, mm-hmm. you know, what I told my mom when I was eight years old, that I was going to change the world. So to be able to do that is like, you know, getting a chance to, you know, live my both my dreams of being a basketball player and have an opportunity to change the world, you know, just. Can you maybe expand on that a little bit more about um, about what you do when it comes to charity? Well, I'll talk about World Vision a little bit. Um, and what World Vision was, was, you know, we had these kids that we, you know, had a pamphlet and somebody from that from the arena will go over to the world vision table sponsor a child you know mm-hmm. try to end world hunger give a give a kid a chance to you know dream you know fund their you know towards the education towards food the money goes towards a whole abundance of different things you know Absolutely. like just giving that kid a chance to dream that was the that was the message and in my city in my neighborhood you know i do a community day it's called we not me community day and um everything is free it's what we use to end off our summer. So we start the summer with a summer league for men. Uh, just men was the, was the start of it. Then it grew into men and kids, like 15 and under boys. That's grew awesome. that into 15 and under boys and high school girls. And then I partnered with Philly Ceasefire, which is like a organization in our city, like against gun violence. And me and Philly Ceasefire, we did a program for men on probation and parole where they came and they played basketball for three times a week, but they're going only come play if they came to this life skills workshop on Wednesdays. If you missed the Wednesday, so you have to, so it started on Wednesday. Gotcha. The first day, the first day was a Monday. It wasn't like you're going to come hoop. It was like Wednesday, the first day. So you got to come to class first. Then you can play on Friday. Then you can play on Monday. Then Wednesday's back. So if you don't come on Wednesday, you can't play Friday no or Monday. <laughs> and we feed them every, every time they come. And, um, you know, the, the program helped some of them guys get jobs. So it felt good to be a part of that. And, um, you know, our community day has been great. It's grown every year. Uh, Obviously, with the pandemic, we had to put it on hold. Everything that I do is put on hold for the pandemic. Same with us in stand-up comedy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's been uh, been a crazy couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, man? It's a mad respect being able to, you know, use your platform and use it for good as well and be able to do work in your community and, and make a difference in people's lives. And that's something that, you know, that really goes a long way. So that's really respectable. Um, one of, uh, one of the things that we'll ask you before, before we go, I know that right now you're on tour. Where are you calling from right now? I'm in Ottawa. You're in Ottawa. Okay. okay. Right on. Uh, so the, uh, the rest of the tour, talk to us a little bit more about some of your Canadian runs that you have coming up and, uh, where people might be able to come see the, uh, the Globetrotters. Uh, so we have games coming up over the next few weeks, uh, starting in March, early, early March, well, this weekend, yeah. um, you know, in London, Kingston, um, Toronto, yeah, Mississauga, um, Ottawa, and you know, more specific dates. If you go to HarlemGoldTrotters.com for your mm-hmm. city, I know that your show runs over all of Ontario, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so if you, I mean, I don't, I don't, everybody's probably listening to this from a different place, so I can't exactly. sit here and run down each and every place. But if you go to HarlemGoldTrotters.com, type in, you know, the city that you're, you're in, or if you type in the city that you're closest to, that's a bigger city. Uh, yeah. We'll definitely be in that city, you know, sometime over the next two weeks. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, something you, know, you talk about working with your community and, and working with youth and whatnot. What are what are some uh, maybe piece of advice that you can give to some young ballers and young hoopers out there that are listening to this? Uh, just, you know, trust your process. Uh, don't don't rush. Don't listen to uh, too many critics, but definitely listen to their criticism is a, a thin line in it. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. I don't listen to critics as far as like, you know, them telling me that I can't be this or I can't be that. But maybe some of their criticism that they see might be right. They have a pair of eyes. You know, sometimes your critics, or the people that you think are hating on you might be telling you some of the truths about yourself that you don't really want to hear, but you might need to hear it. And maybe some of it is a little bit hating or a little bit over the top. But that's okay. You need to be able to gauge it yourself and believe in yourself. Have your own confidence. Trust your own work. Trust your own mm-hmm. path. You feel me? I didn't play varsity for four years and division one for four years or division one for three years and become a pro. I played JV. Uh, I was a JV MVP as a junior. I'm very proud of that plaque. Very yeah. proud of my JV MVP plaque. As a senior, I didn't score 350 points. I probably scored 150 points maybe. And now I'm one of the all-time leading scorers at a university and I went and led a whole entire country in scoring, really good basketball, not just, you know, a lot of overseas, that's just any basketball. I went and played some yeah. good basketball and a good basketball place where there's a lot of really good players in that league, uh, in that place I played. I mean, Leandro Barbosa plays out there now. Hey, Barrage hey, plays out there yeah, now. Yeah. So some big names out there mm-hmm. against them teams that I had, you know, 25 points against and, you know, stuff like that. So just trusting your path, you know, keeping the ball in your hand every day. Uh, yeah. Also, Also understanding that, you know, when you're putting in your work or, you know, if you're having a bad shooting day, like you don't get you don't get down on that day, you're gonna, you know, have an opportunity to play again tomorrow, hopefully. And um just trusting that if you go hard every day that you'll feel good about that day. Like if you go hard, you should feel good about the day. Yeah. Like I'm never gonna I'm never gonna forget the last game before the pandemic. Ever. It was March seventh, I was in Manchester United Kingdom and you know, I shot horribly. I was one for eight. Something like that, one for seven mm-hmm. from four from the four point line, and I, I was just just bad that day shooting the ball. But I played super hard. I directed the game. I I was a leader. I said what was next. I seen fifty kids connect with me at least, and they had a great time. And um, I left that game feeling great. I said I'll shoot again. I'll shoot better tomorrow. Yeah. It's fine. I'll shoot better tomorrow. I played great today. You know, I, I I played hard. Like it was good. But I could only imagine how it would have felt over the last six, over those 16 months, if I had felt like I played bad that day or if I didn't give my all or my energy or if I let the shots get the best of me. Like, if I would have let my shots get the best of me that day, I would have been struggling. Absolutely. And I think that the way I was able to find peace with, you know, what if that was my last game I ever played as a Globetrotter or, you know, what if we never get to play basketball again, like, competitively, I, at least my last game, you know, I, I felt like I played, you know, put my heart into it. So just make sure you put your heart into anything you do. It don't have to be basketball, you know. Absolutely. My favorite fun facts about myself is this. Yeah. I'm the oldest brother of three. Mm-hmm. Feel me? My younger brother lives in college. He's a rocket scientist. And <laughs> oh, my wow. youngest and my youngest brother's in college right now. When he was a freshman, he was the freshman class president. And as a sophomore right now, he is Mr. Sophomore of the university. Mm-hmm. And the reason why those are my favorite fun facts, above all of the other 40 minutes of things we talked about, yeah. is because I just feel like it gives kids uh, idea that, you know, I can be whatever I want to be in this life. Like, I do not have to play a sport. Like, my little brother is a rocket scientist. He wanted mm-hmm. to be a rocket scientist, though, and that's what he went after. And I think that because I went after my dream so hard, I locked myself in the gym. I was, you know, working myself out. 
when I didn't have a trainer and, you know, when people wasn't believing in me, I was believing in myself. I like to think that that those some of the, some of that stuff rubbed off on him. You know, mm-hmm. getting good grades rubbed off on him. Like he wanted to have better grades than me. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, that was fine by me. You know, just chase, you know, chase something. Chase something that you really believe in. You know, just believe in yourself and you'll be able to accomplish it. Absolutely. Because, you know, nobody could tell me that things are unaccomplishable. You know, I, we grew up in a not a good we grew up in a bad neighborhood and I'm a I'm a basketball player. My brother's a rocket scientist and my youngest brother is going to be whatever he wants to be when he's yeah. done, you know, being in college because he's doing great right now. So, you know, there's three examples right in front of you. Uh, nothing was handed to us at all. Uh, you know, we had to work for every single thing we got. Uh, my parents did a phenomenal job at sacrificing say, to make yeah. sure they put us in the, in the best position no possible. But at the end of the day, we had to, you know, we had to we had to work and we had to really figure it out. You know, my mom and dad put me in a good position to go to a good high school and I didn't play. And I wasn't yeah. doing good in school at first because I wasn't playing. So I was letting it get the best of me mm-hmm. and you know, I didn't want to be there and, you know, all of this stuff. And then I, you know, took a step back and I, you know, reversed my mindset of, you know, why don't they think I'm good enough versus I know I'm good enough. I just need to put the work in and I need to put my head down. And that's what I did. And, you know, the results have been lovely. Just go out there and prove it. And, you know, that's just a testament to your entire journey and, you know, speaks volumes to your story as to, you know, just instead of saying can't, you just have that can-do attitude and put your nose to the grindstone and really uh, do what it takes in order to go out there and achieve your dreams. So that's uh, that's really amazing. Awesome. Well, uh, once again, that is Darnell Speedy, artist of the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, unfortunate that we're not going to be able to see you in London, but hopefully we'll be able <laughs> to catch you on the road uh, elsewhere as well. Uh, but yeah, thanks again so much for jumping on the show. Really do appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, man, Absolutely. Thanks for meeting and, and sharing your story with us. Really appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. And that about does it. Episode 23 in the books, done like dinner. Uh, Yo, shout out to the entire Harlem Globetrotters squad uh, and the organization, uh, along with Carmen from Frenzy Media for hooking us up and uh, uh, everyone over at Budweiser Gardens treating us like royalty down there. Um, And and yeah, it was just an amazing experience to to collaborate with the uh, the world famous Harlem Globetrotters, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Those boys can throw down. I was impressed. Yeah, that's something you were saying, man, is that like, like at the end of the day, they, these guys are all just incredible athletes and like just both on both squads, whether or not you're on the Washington Generals or uh, the Harlem Globetrotters, like, man, they were, they was just insane to be able to watch some of the stuff that they do and be just be up close and personal for it. Like, man, like sitting baseline for it uh, was, was definitely a treat. Hey, seeing live, live action uh was a treat just to start and then to see it right up close and yo shout out to the fans that came out too they had pretty good uh pretty good uh showing oh yeah london london showed up for it too it's just honestly it's just great to be back um and having things at full capacity again uh, especially north of the border down south has been a bit of a different story you guys have had a bit of a taste of that but you know up here it's 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 great to have uh the entire fan interaction back again yeah, especially those uh, those kids beside you. You really got them got them fired up. <laughs> got the kids fired up. Oh man, I think I was the most fired up kid at that entire event. I was. Uh, it, it took me. It took everything in me to not go running on the court every time there was a highlight play. But 
<laughs> like every time they're every time they're jacking it up from the four point line, I'm like, it's good for four. <laughs> it was uh, man, quite quite an incredible experience. So uh, again, really uh, a big shout out to the entire organization, and uh, really looking forward to uh, collaborating with them again in the future. Um, maybe next time we can go catch them uh, somewhere else. You know, follow them on the road if you will. Uh, but make sure you check them out online, uh, Harlem Globetrotters, and check out their Canadian tour dates and in the states. Uh, they're everywhere. They got squads everywhere. So make sure you go check them out. Uh, and shout out to Speedy as well. Shout out to Speedy for Speedy. sitting down with us. Speedy! Speedy, baby! Ladies! <laughs> Yo, Speedy uh, for sitting down with us and Alan Shane Lewis for filling in uh, with the guest hosting uh, responsibilities. Shout out to our boy ASL. Um, but yo, this uh, just kind of switching gears here before we sign off. Uh, it's that time of year again, Kipper. It's. Uh, it's it's got to be one of my if not my favorite tournament in all of sports. It is March Madness 2022. Incredible! Baby. Yes, sir. Coming out of that deep dark winter, you get the one and done tournament. Oh, it is it is fantastic, Bird. I mean, next year we, we're going to have to get you uh, very involved in this. Um, uh, like like I was saying before, like my brain is absolute mush. Just trying to put together some of these brackets uh, because like I, I feel like I need to be a little bit more involved in in college sports. Uh, but we do have um, I, I've 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 listened to all the analysts. I've I've crunched my numbers here. But by the time that this comes out, this week we'll be on to Sweet Sixteen, anyways. I just need more prep. Like, I need you guys to run through the juggernauts and the matchups with me because, like, I don't follow any of it, and you guys mm-hmm. are pretty dialed in when it comes to you that. You know what? We're so raw, too, when it really comes down to it. You got you got your blue bloods, and, and you got a, a few big-time schools that are always in it. I don't even know what that, that means, though. so... There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, we'll, we'll definitely have to break some stuff down, um... You know, but then again, at the end of the day, nobody's bracket, everyone's bracket just gets shot by tomorrow. Like even just starting off with your Michigan game. I think that's the first game at like 1215 or something like that. But like that could just destroy everyone's uh, brackets. But um, why don't I just start off by giving you and this is what like I've gathered from a lot of different analysts and what I think might actually be like a potential final four. And it isn't really anything too crazy um but i have uh number one versus number two seed uh gonzaga against kentucky and then number one versus number two as well arizona against auburn is what i have for my final four you know you're you're right on top of it there josh i'd say i mean that's what i've been hearing on the old sirius xm yeah as i commute around taking care of uh my clients each day i heard arizona (laughs) is i think arizona and gonzaga are the two like yeah, those are the two that everyone's picking. Auburn's mixed in there. I think they have an elite player that might go like top three in the draft. Outside yeah. of that, though, I'd be sitting here lying if I said I I had any sleeper picks that might go. Well, when it comes to sleeper picks, or if you just want to talk about first round uh, upsets, and uh, I know I've I've put my first bracket in here, and I, I uh, you're about to do yours as well. Um, and by the time that this is live, this <laughs> it will either make sense or or it doesn't. Uh, but when you're looking at South Dakota versus Providence, uh, pick South Dakota on that upset. That's something that I've heard unanimously. Uh, South Dakota is um, their number one in three pointers, and uh, Providence has uh, is probably one of the worst four seeds in uh, March Madness history. 
Um, okay. So it's looking like a huge upset. That's the thing when it comes to the Midwest. Apparently, the Midwest is a complete crapshoot, and nobody has any idea. Uh, it could it could go like either way, but like there's no real defined winner. That's why like it's hard to pick a winner out of Midwest because you could have Kansas, you could have Auburn, you could have Wisconsin. So um, when it when it breaks down to it, um, yeah, what I have here is South Dakota uh, over Providence. I've also heard Colgate over over Wisconsin, but I'm not sure how. Um, how That's likely. just toothpaste. <laughs> That's the tooth the toothpaste gang, baby. <laughs> Brush your teeth. Be good to yourself. Um, but yeah, so there, th- those are those are a couple of the first round upsets. Um, but uh, I, I basically the the one bracket that I have here is Gonzaga um, to take it all. I think um, I might do another one where it has a different outcome with Arizona, but I think it's going to be down to those two. Um, and those are the two favorites as well going into the tournament. I think plus three plus three fifty for Gonzaga and then plus 600 for Arizona. So I don't think you can go wrong either way if you have either of those teams winning. Um, what are your thoughts there, Mick? Just I'm just gandering now. I like, obviously, I like Gonzaga. Did a lot of talking about, they brought up Duke and whatnot. And what, the thing about some of these big time schools is they bring in one and done players. And sometimes those 18, 19 year old kids just don't really have a, have a sense of the big moment yet. And you get these other schools mm. that you don't really think much of, but you have four year players there and they That's right. into the program. They're 21, 22 years old. Uh, and they that's might kind of be, Miami is, is what I'm looking at here. They might not be going to the league, but they're men among boys in, in college. So mm-hmm. uh, just with that as a side note, but Gonzaga for the, I have going all the way. Cause they also have players that are NBA talent. And well, Chet Holmgren is supposed to be like the, the next big thing as yeah. well. So, yeah. um, that's I mean, like, what yeah. my question was going to be. Do you guys have like I don't know if you have the info on on hand, but like, are there are there going to be like top prospects that I should be checking out that that you would know of? Oh, I wish I had them on hand, but I'm slacking on you because I was doing a. I feel like that's kind of what would draw me in, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like Chet Holmgren uh, for for Gonzaga. Like they they also just have a ton of really good players. Um, they have uh, there's there's a couple teams. Um, like honestly, aside from that, there's um, I, I'm I'm just watching Gonzaga. I, I think that's uh, who I really want to. I want to see them win. Uh, I think I had them pick last year as well, but this year I think will be their year where they can actually win. Um, they're just all around, just so good. the 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 tough thing is, is that just out of the East, there's just so uh, there's so many. Or sorry, not talking about the East, but the West. There's so many like tough, tough outs there for Gonzaga. Like it's definitely got to be one of the tougher divisions. So, um, and like they have to topple off Duke as well on top of all of that. So, and Duke, um, I think Duke knocked them off early in the year. I mean, it's a whole different ballgame at the beginning of the season, but yeah. So it is. It is really tough. Um, all in all, um, I, I want to get your take on on Michigan, though. Uh, their Kip. I I'm nervous about Michigan. I think they were like 17 and 14, but they still got in the in the tournament. They're, I don't see them going too deep. I'll be cheering like hell for them. Mm-hmm. Don't know anything about Colorado State. I like. I mean, playing Michigan plays in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is a top notch basketball. Uh, like they they produce players left and right between Ohio State, Wisconsin, Purdue. Like Big Ten's no joke. So against Colorado State, I think we can rattle off a win. We win there though. We're likely playing Tennessee, and we're probably going home. But uh, 
I'll put on my maize and blue. Yeah. I mean, like I have in a couple other scenarios, I have Tennessee actually just just go into the final four. So I don't yeah. think Michigan actually makes it past Tennessee. Uh, and, and I do have Michigan advancing after that first round. Uh, again, we're just going to have to wait and see because this could all be completely useless come uh, come release date for this episode. Uh, but I might actually play out another scenario where it's Colorado State because apparently they just they just play real good defense. Um, so it's it's uh, Michigan definitely is playing um, they're 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 they've. Uh, not they shouldn't be at an 11 seed is is what I'm saying. So yeah, uh, to have them four against 11, I'll be rooting for them too. Um, you know, just just for you and for for the for our boys here and for the pod. Um, but yeah. Um, other other than that, I don't really. Uh, everything seems pretty well straightforward. I mean, I, I don't have too many big big upsets. Um, aside from the ones that I had just mentioned. So really looking forward to it. Um, we'll obviously we'll we'll reflect back on this uh when it's when it's available. Uh, I guess uh, uh by our next episode. Yeah, um, I could aimlessly just chatter about uh speculating on this all day now that I have my uh my list in front of me looking at all these matchups. We're just spoiled with games for the next few days. Oh yeah! Oh, oh big time, big time! It's uh, it's going to be huge. It's it's one of my one of my favorite times of year. Um, hope, hope often, you, but like, better, you better man, not you, tell Mandy how much you loaded your Bodog account for for this weekend. Oh no! <laughs> oh baby! I mean, honestly, I actually don't really go all in on these uh, on these games. Um, I mean, like, I save it for like some of the bigger, like you know, d- down to Elite Eight, uh, Final Four obviously and, and then the championship but uh the first round is just a, it's just a, a crapshoot like who who really knows um but speaking of uh speaking of um you know um uh, making bets and whatnot um we're gonna have some really really exciting news coming up um i'm, I'm just gonna leave it there uh we we've been working on something uh, pretty special um and very very excited to bring it to uh bring it to our audience here um so stay tuned as we uh as we release that but i i, I think that should uh i think that sh- that does it we just have to kind of see how this tournament plays out uh again shout out to the harlem globetrotters and that entire organization uh frenzy media as well you guys were amazing uh for hooking that up um uh, make sure you like share subscribe all that good stuff we're available on all platforms um so uh, no excuses you can you can literally find us everywhere and anywhere um and find us online as well uh just pumping out a lot of good content coming up um and for you know for josh elijah mike fulmer birdman uh we'll sign off but we'll uh, we'll do it a different way we'll we'll sign off with some of the players that we had a chance to chat with uh at the harlem globetrotters game uh so take care of yourselves and uh enjoy All right, I'm standing here with the MC of the Harlem Globetrotters. Tell me, tell me your name right now. Man, MC Bust the Bus. Bust the Bus, my man. How's it going? Yo, honestly, this is such an amazing experience for family and friends and everyone to be able to gather around and enjoy this. So tell me, what uh, what is it that stands out the most working with the Harlem Globetrotters? Oh, man, uh, it's, it's, it's a family-oriented organization. So uh, I'm away from my family this amount of time while I'm on tour. But the blessing in it is to see the smiles that we're putting on these faces. That's what's most impactful and what means the most to me. Absolutely. 
absolutely, my man. Absolutely. And you know what? We had a, we had the chance to sit down with Speedy. Uh, Darnell Speedy Artist, my man. Uh, wh what are your thoughts on Darnell? Oh, Darnell's a great guy, man. Great guy, man. Very athletic, man. Very, very go-getter. He's a driver. He's a go-getter. He doesn't do well when he when he misses a shot. Oh, it, it stays on him. But that's just the drive that he has in him. Great guy, though, man. I just came off the tour with him also. Oh, yo, that's amazing. So, uh, like, your game match up to his. What do you think? Oh, man, I'm nowhere near it. I'm nowhere near it. I'm nowhere near it. I just look good at it. You know what I mean? He's actually good at it. I just look good at it. Okay, okay. Well, let's talk about the corduroy hat right now. Uh, so basically that hat is fire. It's straight, right. it's straight fire. You know I got a New York Yankee one back home. So you know I, I respect the corduroy hat. I mean, that's different. It's different. Okay. Well, give us a little background on yourself. So my name is Jason Barrera. Yeah. I'm from uh, Westchester, New York. I'm okay. a sneakerhead. I like hats. I like dunking. I'm a two-time dunk contest champion. I actually won the contest this year for the Knicks preseason opener. So I got to go to the game, sit uh, courtside. So yeah. Dang, dude. Okay. So what is your signature dunk? What my is your signature, signature dunk? Dunk is a one-hand windmill. I do that over two people, one person, whatever the case may be. That's my signature. So I come here. Grip it like this and flush it down. Okay, okay, well, it, would you be able to show us right now? Is that something you might be able to do? Can I show you right yeah, now? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Show let's, us let's right see. now. Let's see if I can do it. Okay, okay. Let's see this. All right, all right, all right. I'm standing here with the DJ of the Harlem Globetrotters. Who am I talking with here? DJ Sweat, the gentleman from the Bronx. Yo, very nice to meet you, my man. Uh, this is such an incredible experience for all the fans and all the families that are here. What is the best part of working with the Globetrotters for you? Uh, best part about working with the Globetrotters, I get to travel with them just about everywhere. Um, I get to play for different types of crowds, like here in Canada. Um, I just see like smiles on people's faces when they see the glow shots, like whenever they make dunks or shots, uh, when they see grandmama and then like at the, at, at the end of the game when they do their old sessions, yeah. like just seeing the smiles on their faces and stuff, it's pretty good. That's amazing. It just brings everyone together. It's a great family experience for everybody. That's fantastic. What, what are some of the best spots that you've been able to travel with the team? Uh, so far, honestly, Canada has been great. Yeah. Min right. Minus the weather. Minus. Okay. And mi minus the hockey. Yo, I agree with you with that. Yeah. And minus the hockey arenas. Yeah. Like, being from New York, you know, I'm, I'm accustomed to winter and snow okay. and cold. So I go up around in a t-shirt. I came up here and tried it, and I got sick the first day. That's it, Dad. Canada, you got it. But other than that, uh, other than here, we had a good time in Brooklyn, and it was nice to be home. To Brooklyn, stand up. Yeah, you know, it was, nice, it was nice to be back home in New York to, to do this show, to DJ in front of my family, my friends, and then definitely Wells Fargo was dope, too. All right, I'm standing here with another fellow Globetrotter. Who am I standing here with? Crash. Yo, very nice to meet you. Uh, uh, we had a chance to sit down with uh, Darnell Speedy Artist. Uh, what are your thoughts on him, and how does your game compare to his? Well, me and Speedy kind of got two different type of games. Okay. He's more of a real point guard. He thinks the game, and he can play it real well. He can slow the game up, or he can speed it up, which is why we call him Speedy. He can get to the cup, score all three levels. He's truly a true point guard. Okay, and then how does your game compare to his? My game, I'm more of an inside-out player. He's an inside-out player too, but he's more of a play starter. I'm a play finisher. Okay, you heard it here first. I mean, hey, those, those are some tough words to be able to go by. I mean, uh, again, like you're on the road here now with uh, the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, what is your next stop? Tell us about what you got next up on, on the docket. Next up, we're traveling to, I think it is St. Catharines. 
Montreal, we're traveling to Montreal, Montreal, Quebecois, let's go. I'm excited to go there. Uh, I'm excited to go there. Oh. I'm standing here with uh, Coach Lou Dunbar. Sweet Lou, how's it going, my man? Good, good, good. We got another victory tonight. <laughs> another victory. Ain't that about a thing, man? Uh, it's it's uh, it's amazing to come here and see all these people come together. You know, just such an amazing family event as well. Uh, but you've been with this organization for quite some time. Give us a little bit of background about you. Well, I started with the Globe Trousers in 1977, so I just say I've been with them a couple of days. Yeah. And uh, but it's, yeah, it's but it's good to come out and you know because of the pandemic and everything. It's good to see people getting a chance to come out and enjoy themselves. We missed them and I think they missed us. So, I mean, there's got to be a bunch of memories that you have been able to work on I mean, over all these years. What are some of those standout moments that uh, that, that really uh, uh, peg yourself in history of the Harlem Globetrotters? Well, I've been over 90, 90 different countries, so, you know, and I had the opportunity to play with my childhood heroes, Curly Neal, Metalock Lemon, Keith oh, yeah. Osby, Marcus Hain. They were the old men, then I became the old man. Yeah. So, so some good memories there. Right on. Oh, that's amazing. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.